We are live, as always, on the Win Daily Show, breaking down DFS, breaking down your bets, hopefully hit some props, bets. Hopefully you had a cashing night on Tuesday night, but we're looking forward to May 11th, Wednesday night, the main slate, DraftKings and FanDuel. We're going to lay down some bets for you. We're going to lay down our favorite plays, stacks, pitchers. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Check us out at WinDailySports.com. A ton of free content over there. Any questions, comments, hit us up on our YouTube page. You're watching it right now. Tell us what you want to see on the show, what we're doing good, what we need some work on. But let's get into this slate. Dave, sorry about your 76ers, man. They look good. And they suck again. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, but that's been the NBA playoffs, man. The Celtics beat the Bucks after, you know, losing a tight one. Al Horford's dropping 30. So it's a crazy, crazy week of the NBA playoffs. But – what are you looking forward to in this MLB slate on Wednesday night? You know, the, the MLB slate on Wednesday is kind of dry a little bit. Come, you know, but it's got seven games out there. But when I look at them, I'm like, man, we got to hit the pitchers. It, there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. You got about four that are below 5K that are just, you know, three of them are minor leaguers coming up. So the first thing I look at, I say, we got to hit these guys. And coming out of the slate hard, it still surprises me that I think Otani's getting underpriced. Um, he's 8,800 in DK. Uh, coming off a 38-point performance the last time he was on the mound, went seven innings, 11 Ks against the Boston Red Sox, no earned runs. I just don't get why he's still being undervalued from a pitching standpoint. And it's almost like we're probably going to see him own 60 70%, but I think it's going to be rightfully so. Yeah, look, I think the algorithm on DraftKings kind of priced him out as like half pitcher, half hitter, not knowing where to go with this dude on certain days. 8,800, he like never breaks 9,000. Even last year was kind of in the same situation. Yeah. Tampa Bay is not a lineup that scares me. Like you said, he went out there and did his thing for 38.2. The guy's a beast, man. He does everything right, everything on the field. Looking pretty good. The Angels are looking strong too. This team has looked the best it has in years. So Otani, heavily owned, ace of the slate. Due to the price tag on DraftKings, you pretty much have to lock him up. You can obviously fade him. You know, I wouldn't play him in 100% of lineups. If I'm making 10 lineups, I'll probably play him in 6-7 to seven and try to get a little bit different just in case he has an off outing. I like him a lot better than McClanahan, even though McClanahan is a beast in his own right. This lineup in L.A., are doing certain things that kind of look special here. Trout hit another home run on Tuesday. So you can play McClanahan. He's going to go out there and strike out at least five, six of these angels, regardless of the situation. But I'm going to look to fade him. I actually like McGill and Mikolas, as crazy as that sounds, uh, potentially over him just due to the matchup. You know, McGill got Washington. He, he breezed through Washington in the first game of the year. He dropped 25.5 against them in only five innings with six Ks. Guy has 36 Ks through, you know, his five or six starts here. So he's he's got some Ks. His whip's under one. So McGill versus Washington makes some sense. And Mikolas, I don't know where this came from. I don't know how this guy is turning into, you know, a, a decent strikeout pitcher here. But, you know, last five games, he's, he's putting up points, even pitched against a tough San Francisco Giants team. And now he gets Baltimore, man. So I would see five, six, seven Ks here, maybe one earn, two earn. I know Baltimore got to St. Louis, but Mikulis has been kind of their ace. So out of those guys, McClanahan, McGill, and Mikulis, who do you like pairing the best with Otani? 
It's probably McGill. I'm with you there. They, it's not as much as I want to fade McClanahan, but we just understand what the Rays do. And for McClanahan to really get you a ton of points, it's got, it's got to come in the K game. And it's a tough right-handed hitting team in the Angels. And you're right, Trout, um, even though I'm from Philly, uh, Trout's about 10 miles down the road from where I live, uh, his hometown. You know, we're big Trout fans down here in South Jersey. Nice. And he's, you know, I've read some articles, you know, people think he could get up near 60 home runs this year. He's a different hitter. Um, but again, back to that Angels lineup, I'm with you. I It's not a true fade, but it's definitely, I'm going to I'm gonna pivot off. And I'm going to look at McGill. Like you said, five out of his six starts, over 20 DK points. He's only had one that was under. And in that outing, it was against the Giants. He still went six runs. So he's been a model of consistency. Um, I have faith in him. Nats are 31% K right against McGill alone. Um, and they don't hit well off him. They're batting 186 in their career off McGill. So I, I do like to attack that angle. I'm with you. Mikolas is uh, – or Mikolas. He had a year, what, like three years ago where he came out of nowhere. I think like yeah. the Japan League or somewhere like that. Faded a little bit, got hurt, and then now he's back, and he's what his ERA is under two, I think. So he would be a guy who would also look to mix in with McGill as well. Those two, I like the most. Yeah, I got to look into Zach Logue a little bit. He's seventy one hundred yeah. on DraftKings, going against Detroit. Detroit is weak offensively. You know, pitchers park here. I missed his first start, so I'm gonna you know reach out to Adam, make sure I read his article. You know, first thing in the morning, afternoon on Wednesday. Also hit him up in our expert chat, which everybody can do as well. And ask him about this guy, Logue. He went out there, five innings, five Ks, two earned run. Let up two home runs. Pitch count already at 90. It was a spot start for him. He's getting another start here. So I got to look into him potentially in that 7K range. A guy that we can look to for some value if needed, but... Looking like I want to stay up on top with Otani at 8,800 and then pairing him with, you know, one of the other top guys. You still, even if you want to go McClanahan, which I don't want to go, but let's say you go McGill um, with Otani, you got an average of 3,900 on DraftKings for the rest of your lineup. You, you throw in one $2,000 guy, $2,500 guy, that posts you right over 4,000, 4,500 there. So you'll have enough salary to be spread across the rest of your lineup. Looking at stacks, Dave, the Mets let me down a bit on Tuesday. They had so many opportunities with the bases loaded, first and second or second and third, and Corbin wiggled out or double play. They still put up some points, but they didn't have that real big game, which we were expecting. Now they got Aaron Sanchez, a ground ball pitcher, but it's not the same Aaron Sanchez from years past. So thoughts on the Mets and thoughts about other stacks that you potentially like? Yeah, I, I like the Mets in that stack. I, they've had a little bit of experience against Sanchez. Lindor having the best. Uh, he's four for nine in his career off Sanchez. So if we're going to start a stack with the Mets, it's actually going to be circle around some of our left-handed hitters, including Lindor. Um, Escobar also has a home run off him. So I kind of look at those two when I'm starting to build around a Mets stack. I know we always like Alonzo, and, and McNeil's a great um, plug-in with just how many, you know, he, he's just a great hitter. So you know, you center that top four. I, I feel pretty good. McCann even, uh, he's two for six in his career off Sanchez. So name those four or five guys. I'd be comfortable stacking two or three of them. I probably wouldn't go a full stack with the Mets. But then I'd look also into St. Louis. I know we talked about them a little bit yesterday. They haven't been great to, uh, today. But now they get Spencer Watkins. And his numbers, man, they're, they're just a farce. Um, his FIP is two runs higher than his ERA. He's historically throwing a ground ball rate this year of 50%. In his career, he's usually in the low 30s. 
Um, a lot of things are just he's a four percent K rate, um, four four for K's per nine, ten percent K rate. I think the Cardinals are going to hit them, and that's another team I would look to stack. Again, looking at guys at the top of that order, we love Arenado, Goldschmidt, even Edelman. So O'Neal's a good plug and play too at times. So I like to. I'm going to target St. Louis as well. Yeah, I think one of the team that broke out on Tuesday, guys like Seager mixed in with maybe Garcia and a mini stack of Texas could definitely work against you know Singer here. Singer oh. is not. You know, he's got a 6.35 ERA. He's not striking anybody out. He's not lasting long in games. He's probably going to go two, three innings maximum. You know, Kansas City's bullpen got beat up on on Tuesday, so they're a little bit gassed to begin with. So Texas is in a nice spot here to show up again and and hit with some power. They got a couple bats here that I'd like to attack, Seager being the main one here. So if it's not a full stack, definitely look at Texas as a potential stack that won't be as popular as the rest of the crew. I know they – put together some offense on Tuesday, but not enough where I think on a seven game slate, they're going to be over owned. So I think Texas is a team that everybody kind of forgets about and they have some power in that lineup and they can figure out ways to score runs. So I do like Texas as well. As far as gas can goes, gotta be one of the guys we just mentioned guys. You want to be fading is Aaron Sanchez against the Mets, uh, Watkins against St. Louis and then singer against Texas. Those are the three gas cans that we're going to be fading and stacking against. Now, as far as value goes, Dave, are there any guys that are popping, you know, from a value perspective that we can go out there and then pay up for the stacks that we do like? I, I love that you started to talk Texas. There's a guy that leads off for Texas that's still getting somewhat undervalued. Um, we were um, a big fan of him down in Philly in years past, and that's Brad Miller. Uh, he's sitting there at 2,500 bats lead off for Texas. And he's getting, you know, maybe he's not raking the ball this year. He's batting under uh, 200, but he has sort of put some value up and had some hits again tonight. Uh, getting Brady Singer, who we all know is just a plug and play start. He's probably back down at AAA after this. Or I, I think it's a good chance to use that strategy you had with the Rangers and get a guy under 300 that's going to, under 3,000, that's going to hit, that's going to swing, and is sitting at the top of the order. So I like Brad Miller tomorrow at 2,500 and make some damage. All you need at that price, you know, Jason, is a base hit. Yeah, and you look at uh, St. Louis as well. Juan Yepes has been hitting in the middle of that lineup. He's only $3,000. Kana might not get the start for the Mets, but if he does, he's 28. Nick Solak, 2,700 on Texas. And then you got to mix in and see what, Texas and St. Louis rolls out. St. Louis has been, you know, rolling a couple different guys at second base or in the infield at third base, shortstop. Um, so look at Donovan potentially for St. Louis too. He's 2,300. So if you need value, these teams have some value bats in all three spots, St. Louis, the Mets, and Texas. So it's good little ways to be on teams that you really like. Or if you don't want to stack these teams, you can get some nice one-offs and hope that, they don't go totally off, but you get a nice little piece of the action. Now, Dave, I know you like to focus a lot on your prop article and lay out some bets for us. So looking at the board, you know, it's an early look. Not all the lines are out, but what are you targeting so far? What are you keeping your eye on for Wednesday slate? Yeah, the first one, I'm going to go back to, to the well a little bit here. But looking at the Milwaukee Brewers, they get to face Vladimir Gutierrez again. 
On the year, he's averaging 0.5 DK points in five starts. He has a total of two points. Um, he just came off a start up in Milwaukee where he left seven earned runs. The Brewers won that game 18 to four. Uh, so I really like Milwaukee tomorrow on the money line. Minus 190 is a little steep, as you know, but um, in a matchup where their expected value and their expected probable outcome is above that rate, I really feel good about Milwaukee tomorrow. I think they're they're hanging on tonight. Looks like they might get a win. Um, it was late in the game. They did 5-4. to four, So uh, I like the Brewers tomorrow. And then, as you know, we're big fans of the Guardians, and we talked about how to fade Giolito tonight. He didn't have a huge night. He was effective, but what did he end up with, like three Ks? He wasn't. He didn't throw a ton, um, and it's what the Guardians do. They're number one overall in batting average, OPS, and um, WRC plus against right-handed pitching. They just throw so many lefties at you and wear you down, and who do they get tomorrow? Vince Velasquez. He's had two good outings in his last two starts, but I don't see that continuing. I think that's a little bit more of maybe not the norm, and we, we'll probably see a little more norm tomorrow. So take the Guardians over one-and-a-half runs in the first five innings, and you're getting them about minus 130. Shop around, but those two bets I do like tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to throw two bets out there too. Maybe something that you can parlay with the Brewers. The Mets have been hot. McGill's a guy that we like. Aaron Sanchez is pretty much – you know, a minor leaguer at this point. So the Mets are minus 180. So maybe you want to pair the Mets with the Brewers, get that number down a bit. And then one other line, look, Houston is a better overall team than the Twins. They're hitting, they're playing good defense, and they got Acuity going against Archer. I like Acuity on that side as a better starter. Look, if Minnesota is without Buxton when lineups roll out, I do like the Astros to win this game as well. So they're going to stay hot here. They almost no hit, or Justin Verlander almost no hit the Twins. So they're quiet. Their bats are quiet. Buxton's the spark plug of that Minnesota Twins lineup. So if he's out, they're going to have problems getting to score runs. And I don't think on the other side of things, you know, they're going to be problems in regards to Houston scoring runs on Archer. You know, Archer is the better pit is is not the better pitcher here. You know, he's the pitcher of old that we used to like, uh, but he kind of you know. Had some regression these past couple of years. Oh. Correa's out. So Minnesota is dealing with, you know, a lot of holes in their lineup. This is when you want to attack them. So I do like Houston here as well. Dave, we got through the slate. Any last words about things you're looking at on Wednesday, you know, while you're making your lineups or, or building out your bets? Well, obviously, I'm going to look at Royals Rangers game a little deeper tomorrow with those two minor leaguers coming up to start. I want to see what lineups get set there. Um, Royals, not a great hitting team, but if we can find, you know, the right situation, the right angles, I'm going to look closer to that once the lineups get released. Um, I like your pick on the Twins Astros there. I don't think Archer's going past four innings yet. Um, yep. How much value is there in a the pitcher that can't even get to the fifth? So um, you get to him early and then you get to the Twins bullpen. And then the last one, I'll tell you the truth. I'm going to keep an eye on that Red Sox-Braves game. Tonight they're scoring a ton of runs. Um Eovaldi and Anderson, both very, you know, tough right-handed pitchers that tend to throw hard, have a lot of hard stuff. So I'm going to try and look at some angles there to see if we have any value in, in attacking hitters because in that game, you could probably have some low-owned hitters in that game just based upon all the other gas cans that are out there. So I'll, I'll look at that one as well when we get closer to game time. Yeah, I'm with you on all those. We'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you like, subscribe to the channel. Check us out at winddailysports.com. And if you want more up-to-date information as the day goes on, hop in our expert chat. 
up on Discord. We're in there 24-7, 365, talking all sports. We'll be locking PGA lineups on Wednesday night. We got a great crew in there. Go watch the draft kits they just did on our YouTube page. Along with that, articles for PGA, MLB, a lineup optimizer, NBA projection models, everything that you need to build successful lineups. Go check us out there and also go download the Sharp app. Guys have been crushing props over there. We have an AI prediction model as well. So go check out the Sharp app as well. Good luck on your slate on Wednesday. And Dave, I hope next time I'm talking to you, the 76ers are still playing some basketball. So good luck to the boys in Philly. We are out of here and we'll be back tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.